chapter 1 is where we're heading, so you can go ahead and turn your Bible there now. I kind of feel like there's a theme developing that I didn't really plan this, but there's this kind of theme that is developing um, through this month. I, I talked a couple weeks ago about Ruth, and I talked about just change and how Ruth responded to change, and I kind of really want to key in on that same idea this morning um, out of the book of Joshua. Um, before we get there, this I told you this week, this weekend I've been, I was in Valdosta, Georgia, and Valdosta, Georgia is a very special place to me because uh, that's where I graduated high school. My dad was a pastor at a church there, and so I moved there um, when I was in, when we were in middle, I was in middle school, uh, I was about 1988, somewhere around there, and, um, and I went through middle school uh, there, went to high school there, started my first year of college there, had my first girlfriend there, had my first car there, you know, there was a lot of first uh, in this place, so it's a very special place to me, it's a place that when I go back, um, I'm always looking, so anybody, you like going back to your hometown, you just, maybe, maybe you haven't been there, but sometimes it's, it's just good to go back home sometimes and, and see things. Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, and, and, and so when I got ready to, we got done with our, our event uh, yesterday, uh, I called Rain. I said, I'm on the way home, but I'm going to take the long way home, okay? Because <laughs> I'm just going to drive, drive kind of around town a little bit. I just, I wanted to see how things were different. Um, and I, I, we lived there, tw- I lived there twice. Uh, I lived there the first time with my mom and dad. Uh, when I was in their house and I was in middle school and high school, um, me and Raina, after we got married, we moved back there and started a church there in uh, 2005. And so I lived there twice, and so I kind of I have a lot of memories from a lot of different stages, right? And, and so I, I have middle school memories, and then I have, like, having our second child memories there. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of different stages, and, and, and so I, I've rode around town, and I just rode by my parents' house. I rode to kind of see what it looked like, you know. Uh, they don't live there anymore. Um, they, we've long since been gone from that house. But, but my dad built that house. I remember p- helping them paint the house. I remember uh, just, you know, helping him work on that garage and making him so frustrated and so mad that he finally said, go inside and help your mom, you know. Uh, anybody, you've been there, right? <laughs> you've been on both sides of that frustration maybe, you know. Uh, and, so I, and I just kind of, you know, I tried not to do the creeper drive by because I'm driving by slow. It's like, who's this guy in this truck riding by our house? I wanted to take a picture, but I was like, that's way too creeper-like, uh, this guy out front of our house taking a picture. Um, and, and so I rode by that house. I rode by the house that, that Rain and I bought when we moved there. Cannon was six months old. He's 17 now, you know, and so that just kind of kind of lets you know how, how much time has passed. And, and, and so we, uh, you know, a lot has changed. Um, a lot has changed in that community. It's a growing community, and it's always good to go back. But it always kind of, you know, I get a little bit nostalgic. You know, I, I ride down, I rode by my old high school. The old high school is still there, uh, but it's not the high school anymore. It's, it's, they're, they're, it's, I don't really know what's in it, honestly. I don't know if they're doing anything with it. It looks pretty, looked pretty run down. I, I, then I drove down the road, and they've got this big, brand-new palatial, I mean, I don't know, it looks like just this massive complex that looked like they were shooting rockets out of or something, you know, and, and that's the new high school. And so it, there's, there's been a lot of change. A lot of things have, have um, you know, 
got a new face to them, some things that are just old and, and seem run down. Um, and so I got, I got a chance to just kind of ride around and, and see all that. And sometimes we, we get stuck. We get stuck in this place of where we've been and where we're going. We get stuck sometimes between the old and the new. Sometimes we get stuck and uh, we're stuck between who we used to be and who we're becoming, right? And, 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 and transition sometimes can be difficult. Transition can be hard. Transition can be tough. And I kind of feel like that's where we're at. I feel like May, it, for me, May is kind of a transition month because uh, where it's getting warm. It's, uh, let's just be honest, it's Georgia. It's getting hot, right? Now, we have been fortunate. Uh, if you're from Georgia, you know that we have had several weeks, just a few weeks of just, man, it's been beautiful weather, right? Uh, next week is going to change, okay? <laughs> we're, back, we're back to regular Georgia weather, regular South Georgia weather, where it's going to be sticky, hot, muggy. That's coming, all right? So if you've just moved here, welcome. Um, uh, yeah, and not to even mention sand gnats. So uh, that's a whole other demon. Um, but, but, yeah, so, so it feels like kind of a transition month, you know, from spring into summer. Um, and kids, you know, next week is, uh, or actually this week is the last week of school. And so graduation is next weekend. Uh, we're going to be honoring some graduates in the next service. You see these baskets over here. We're not doing laundry over here on this table. Uh, that is for our graduates to help them do laundry, apparently. Um, so I said miracles will never cease to happen. But we get stuck in this place between what's old and what's new. We get stuck in this place between who we are and who we're becoming and being in the middle and being in the middle of a transition can be difficult. And this is where we find Joshua. This is where we find Joshua at the, at the very first chapter of, of, of Joshua. So I want us to go read. I just want us to read the first nine verses here in chapter 1. So we find in Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Now that's a huge sentence there, Right? If, if you have been following Moses, if, you've, if you have been following Moses out of Egypt, you've been walking through this desert, and, and now Moses is dead, there's a, there's a big key figure in your life that has passed on, right? And, and maybe you've had that. Maybe you've had those moments where these key figures in your life have passed on, and, and you know what that's like, and you know what these people are feeling at this time. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun. Now I got to make make my. This is a dad joke. Who's the only person in the Bible that didn't have parents? Was Joshua, the son of Nun. Okay, never mind. All right. <laughs> I had to, guys. I'm sorry. That's one of my favorite ones. I know it's bad. All right. Uh, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, verse two. Uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Verse 6. 
Love this. Many of you may have uh, read this, got this bracketed, underlined. You might even have this hanging on a picture in, uh, in your house. It says, Be strong and courageous, for, the, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. What? I love that. Who will make your way prosperous? What does it say? For then you will make your way prosperous. Isn't that interesting? Because I'm always thinking, God, you're going to make my way prosperous. But God gives us instruction here. He says, listen, if you follow my instructions, you're going to make your way prosperous. Yeah, yes, I'm making your way prosperous ultimately. But when you follow my word, when you do what you need to do, you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is is with you wherever you go. So I just want to stop right there because um, this is what we find. God gave Joshua now instructions. You know, sometimes you give instructions about later. Anybody, have you you ever give those later instructions? I, I, I do this with my son. My son... Uh, my son can, and he cuts the grass around here, and, um, you know, so if it looks bad, you can blame him, you know. Uh, if it looks good, you can say, hey, thanks, Pastor Ryan, for getting your son to cut the grass. Uh, I used to do it. Uh, but I'll give Cannon and, and even Pastor Trent, I'll give them later instructions. I knew when I was going to be gone this weekend, I was giving them later instructions. So on Friday when you guys come in, I need you to do this. I need you to go pull these weeds. I need you to go kill these weeds. I need you to go cut this. I need you to weed eat this. I need you to have this done. And so I'm giving later instructions. And if you're a parent, you understand that, that maybe you say, listen, when you get home from school, I need you to fill in the blank, right? Those are later instructions, but that's not what God has given. He does give later instructions to, to Israel. He does give later instructions because he says, when you come into the land, um, you're going to be tempted for this, and this is how you need to live when you get into the land. But right now, God is giving a now instruction. This is what he says to Joshua. This, uh, and and, and I, I love this. He, he just says, my servant Moses is dead now, right now. Therefore, arise. There's something for you to do right now. Don't wait. And so what happens uh, when God gives you a now instruction? See, what happens next will be determined by what you do now. What happens next will be determined by what you do now. And that's why we're calling this series. A series is calling... uh, uh, what's next is now. As it, when, when next is now, is this what this is, you know? That what you do now is going to determine where you're headed. It's going to determine what next looks like. And so Joshua, Joshua has to be decisive. Um, and sometimes being decisive is difficult. Anybody you have trouble making decisions? Come on. Because you know the decision that you have to make as soon as I say amen and I release you. It's like we look at each other and we say, where are we going for lunch? I don't know. What do you want for lunch? Well, I don't know. What do you want for lunch? Oh, my gosh. I hate that so much. 
And then when I make a decision, it's like, well, I don't know if I like that. And that, that doesn't just happen with my family and with my wife. That happens during staff meetings. My staff knows. On Wednesday, when we get done with staff meeting, we'll say, what do we want for lunch? And I, I don't know, you know. What are we going to do? Is it Wendy's? Where are we going? And it's like, oh, man. So I just make a decision, and everybody hates me from that point on. So Joshua has to be decisive. He, at this point in time, has to make a decision about what's going to happen because God has already given him now instructions. Not just later instructions. He's given him now instructions. Now, therefore, arise. So you've got to be decisive and you've got to be active. It's going to require something from you. See, there are three kind of transitions in life. And I've given you these before. If you've been around here for, for a little while, you've heard me say this before. But I think it bears repeating um, there are three kinds of transitions in life. The first kind of transition is choice transitions. Choice transitions are decisions that you make. It's the kind of decision where you say, I'm going to buy a new car, right? Yeah, nobody's on, nobody likes that, all right? Because we know what happens when you buy that new car. You're going to have a brand new payment. Right? We understand that. But those are choice. Those are choice transitions. It's a choice that you make, a decision that you make. That's the first kind of transition we have in life. The second kind of transition we have in life are natural transitions. It's kind of what I was talking about earlier when I told you about riding around Valdosta and I had some nostalgia. And I was thinking back about those life stages, thinking about middle school, thinking about high school, thinking about, you know, the first place I got in a car accident, that first day of, of college at VSU, all those life stages, thinking about um, bringing our six-month home child, our six-month-old child home, uh, you know, and Kobe being born at that um, that hospital there. Those are all life stages. Those are natural transitions. Uh, and that's where we're at. The, the, these things happen, you know, this, that's all right. It's that's, that's natural. But then you have imposed transitions. And imposed transitions are those transitions that you didn't ask for. Those are the, the transitions of I got sick. Those are the transitions of um, I lost my job. Those are the transitions of someone passed away, someone died. Um, and so imposed transitions, these are difficult. These are difficult transitions um, because these are the ones that you're saying, maybe I wasn't prepared for that one. Maybe I didn't ask for that one. I, I, I wasn't ready for that to happen. And so when we look at these, these difficult transitions, you have to remember this. We have to remember, and it kind of goes back to what we started with, the space between where you are and where you're going will be filled with what you do. The space between where you are and where you're going is going to be filled with what you do, where I'm headed, what am I going to do now? What do I do now? What do I do now is I'm, I'm listening. And, and Joshua, you got to think about Joshua. Where, where had Joshua been? Joshua had been a slave. you got to think about it. He was 25 years old, roughly 25 years old, when they left Egypt. He was 25 years old when they left Egypt. They wandered in the wilderness for about 40 years, right? And so he's, he's an older man now. He's got some age on him. Um, and I think he was around 50 years old when, uh, actually he was older than that, when he went into the promised land. And, and, and so there's transition. There's all this movement in Joshua's life. And what we have to do is this. Just like Joshua, Joshua had to take God's word and act on it. He had to be decisive about it. But he had to trust God. He had to trust him because when God said, I want you to be bold, I want you to be 
courageous. I don't, I don't want you to look and say, ah, oh, we can't do this. I want you to step in to the promise that I'm calling you to. And sometimes what Satan wants to do is talk us out of stepping into God's promises. God says, hey, this is, do you, do you get what he said? He told, he told the, uh, Joshua and the children of Israel. He says, uh, verse 2, he says, now my servant Moses is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people. There's a transition. They're moving. Got to go across the river. They got to move from one point to the next. They've got to move from where they have been just wanderers and nomads, and they've got to move into this place that they're going to call home now. And you've got to go over the Jordan and all those people into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. And I love this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. L- listen to that. That's not, I mean, there were some, some limits that God said. But he's like, listen, you, if you step there, it'll be yours. And what you'll find is this, is that they never really conquered the full extent of the land. Because they had trouble trusting They had trouble trusting God because God is saying, listen, wherever your foot sets, that'll be yours. Man, what kind of promise is that? How many of you would like that? How many of you would like that? If we just walked you out someplace here in Bryan County and said, listen, as far as you can walk, that'll be your property. Man, some of y'all would walk your shoes off, right? And then some, you would drag yourself. Come on, Jesus. Give it to me, Lord. Right? Uh, that's, but that's a big promise. But God's not worried about being able to hold up his end of the deal. Have you ever thought about that? God's not up there thinking, man, I hope they really don't go too far. Have you ever made a promise you can't keep? You ever done that with your kids? It's like, if you do this, I'm going to do this. And then they get closer. You're like, oh, I really hope they don't, they don't make this. Mom, I got, I got straight A's. Where's that $100 you promised me? Oh, don't, you know. Uh, and, and, and sometimes we, we get nervous with that. But God's not nervous. God's not nervous with the promises that he makes. He actually is wanting us to take him at his word and say, step into the life that I am calling you to. Step in to become the people that I want you to be. I know this may be a difficult transition, and some of you are in life changes right now. You're in life stages right now where you said, man, I'm moving from one one place to the next. I'm moving from being one person to I'm becoming something new. I'm moving literally from one part of the country to a new part of the country. And and you're trying to figure out what this is going to look like, and, and you're nervous. And maybe you don't know exactly how to answer all the question marks. But it's going to take us trusting God when God says, I'll be with you. And he says, I want you to have boldness and I want you to trust me. And if you follow me, if you follow me, I love this. Back down, remember in uh, verse 8, verse 8 it says, For if you do this, this book of the law shall, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. If you do this. If you follow my word, if you follow my leading, if you, if you be sensitive to my spirit, if you do this, for then you will make your way prosperous. What you do, what you do now, if you're following me, what you do now will make that next thing prosperous for you. It says only be bold and be courageous. What are those things that Satan's trying to talk you out of? What are those things that the enemy is trying to scare you from? 
What are, what, are, what are those things that maybe the enemy is trying to make you doubt right now? What are those things right now that, that maybe when you, you kind of, you have a good, you come to church and you feel good, you know, it's like, yes, I'm going to conquer this next week. I'm going to conquer the world. And then Monday morning you get up and there it is again. And it's staring you right in the face. Or maybe you just have that kind of that little voice in the back of your head saying, mm, it may not go as well as you think it's going to go. Did God really say? Maybe God didn't say that. Maybe God won't, doesn't want to give you that. But isn't that how we see the enemy at the very outset of Genesis with Adam and Eve? And he comes at them with what? With doubt. He comes at them with what? With fear. He said, did God really say? Maybe God's trying to hold back on you. And what we see here is that God's saying, no, I have a promise for you. And I want you to trust me. I want you not only to trust me, I want you to believe me. Do you really believe that God will give you what he said he would? Do you really believe that? And what would happen if we lived in that way? What would happen if we lived that kind of life and that kind of faith, saying, God, I believe that you said I could have this. I believe that you said I could walk in this. I believe that you said that, that I could be this kind of person, so God, that's what I want. I believe, God, that you said that I could, I could walk in freedom, so I want to choose freedom, and I want to walk in freedom, and I am going to make free choices for what's next to be prosperous for me. What does that look like for you now? If we don't have graduates in here, I don't think we've got any graduates in here, but, but, but you guys that have been through that stage, you knew that you could have made, some of you guys kind of, you were at a crossroads. Which way do I go? Some of you might have walked down that road where you said, ooh, I shouldn't have made that turn. Some of you maybe went the other way and you're so, man, I'm so glad I didn't go that way. Man, if I made that choice, I wouldn't have what I have. I wouldn't be where I'm at now. I wouldn't be married to the person I'm married now. You think about that. You think about all these things. What you do now will determine what comes next. And so, Pastor Trent, I want to ask you to come play. What is that? What are those decisions that you're making? What are those things that you're having to to think about. See, we don't end up any place on accident. We decide to go there. If you say, well, how did I get into this mess? You decided to go there. How did I get into all this debt? You decided to go there. How did, how did I get it? Your decisions led you to where you're at. And see, we can blame everybody we want to and that's kind of the world we live in. We've got to blame somebody else. You know, I can't, it can't be my fault. <laughs> it can't be me. It's got to be somebody else, right? Because that makes me feel better about my bad choices. But see, we don't end up any place on accident. Wherever you end up, it's because you chose to be there. Some of you, you're where you're at today because you got tired of the place that you were at. You got tired of living the life that you were at. You got tired of dealing with the junk that you were dealing with. You got tired of being that person. You said, I am tired of being here. I want my next to be what God wants for me. I want the next thing to be prosperous. I want, so I am going to choose God's way. And you begin to choose and make different choices. Some of you, you chose to come to church. Some of you chose to begin to read scripture. Some of you chose to begin to hang out with different people. And as you begin to make those choices, you begin to see God change things in your life because you begin to take Him at His word. We don't end up in place on accident.
you decide to go. So this morning, I want you to stand with me. I want to pray for you. And, and, and maybe this morning, I, I don't really know. That's kind of a wide age range that I'm talking to. I don't know what choices you've got coming up. I don't know what you're facing right now. But I, I do know this, that God wants to be involved in your decision-making for your life. And, and, and so there are questions that I ask, you know, who do you want to become on this journey? Maybe the better question to ask is who does God want you to become on this journey? I know there are a lot of things that I've wanted for me, but, but I have to ask, God, what do you when I was a junior in college, I knew there were things that I had just focused my sights on, and God was trying to move me from that. And I had to make that choice one day where I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to stop focusing on just all the selfish things that Ryan wants. I'm going to dare to ask that question. God, what do you want? God, God, what do you want from my life? Because really, it's not my life. My life belongs to you. My life is a gift. Every breath that I have is a gift. So God, what do you want me to do with this life? God, what do you want me to do with this breath that I have? God, what do you want me to do with these gifts that I have? God, what do you want me to do with the financial means that you've given me? God, everything that I have, it belongs to you. So God, not really what do I want because I can be selfish. But God, what do you want? Because I just don't want to end up any old place. I want to end up someplace on purpose. I want to end up someplace with purpose. Amen. Father, we come to you now and there's so many choices and decisions that we have to make. Whether we're parents, whether we're employers or employees, whether we are people who are graduating, or whether we're a five-year-old that's just trying to figure out where we're going to drive our pocket truck. Father, I pray, Lord, today that you would help us just learn to trust you. I pray today, God, that you would help us learn what it looks like to follow you. Uh, we know what it looks like to follow our own inclinations. We know what it looks like to follow our own selfish desires. We know what that looks like. But God, show us what it looks like to really, truly trust you. Show us what it looks like because you did with Joshua. You showed Joshua. You told him that if he would, if he would follow your law, if he would, if he would uh, follow your word, Lord, that he would make his way prosperous. Now that's what we want. We want to be people of the word. We want to be people of of your word in our heart, in our mind, and and we want the next thing that we walk into to be the right thing. We want the decisions and choices that we are making now to be the right thing. And they may be the most difficult choice that we've ever made. What we do right now may be so difficult. But Lord, the things that we're doing now are going to build the future that you want for us. So Lord, I pray that as we just keep putting our faith and our trust and ultimately our life in your hands, our choices in your hands, when we say yes to certain things and then there's going to be things that we have to say no to, help us to have discernment for that. God, help us to discern what to say yes to and what to say no to. Help us discern what is right for our family, what is right for our children, what is right for our marriage. God, help us to have discernment when we make these choices and decisions and not just to be selfish when we make them. 
put this in your hands and we thank you for today. We thank you for meeting us here because we know you're here. I know you're here with us today. 